my story, how all of this came to be. So I grew up in a conservative, wow, a conservative religious culture. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I grew up in California and I always associated motherhood with being a stay-at-home mom. Those things were were the same thing in my mind. Like when you have kids, you are a stay-at-home mom. I knew moms that that did work outside of the home, but and, and I don't even think anybody came out and told me this like that that was bad or that that was wrong, but in my mind it was like, well, yeah, that's okay, but that's not really the ideal. And when I say ideal, I mean like God's will. <laughs> like it is God's will for me to be home with my kids, doing all the things for my kids. That is motherhood. And and that's the highest, holiest form of motherhood, I guess you could say. So I always knew that I would have kids and I was always fine with that. I was never one of those people that was like, oh my gosh, I love babies. Give me all the kids. I want to babysit all the time. I babysat off and on growing up just because it was an easy way to make money. But I was never like drawn towards children or felt super nurturing, I guess you could say. Okay, fast forward. I met my husband at BYU, Stephen. He's amazing. We got married. We obviously knew that we would have kids. And we even talked about like, oh yeah, maybe we'll have five or six kids. But we didn't really talk a whole lot about timing of kids. It was always one of those things where it was like, oh yeah, someday at some point we'll have kids. And I wasn't even like thinking about it yet. It was in the future. And I was doing student teaching. I was an elementary education major at BYU. How cliche, right? But I was legitimately excited to be a teacher. I know a lot of people will choose teaching because it's such a good mom job or, oh, it'll be so helpful when I'm a mom. But for me, I had a fifth grade teacher who I loved. When I was in her class, I made a list of all the reasons why I was going to be a teacher because I absolutely loved her and I just thought that she made teaching look amazing and so much fun. So I was teaching sixth grade and it was awesome. It was Definitely harder than I thought it would be in a lot of ways, but it was also a lot of things that I loved and it was super fun. And then lo and behold, I found out I was pregnant and it was not the time that I had anticipated. And I say this with all the love because I know that the infertility is such, such, such a hard trial for so many women. And my heart goes out to those women and I cannot even have any idea the, the feelings that goes into that. I kind of felt like I had the opposite (laughs) trial in the fact that it was sooner than I wanted, right? It was like, yeah, I'll have kids someday. And then all of a sudden I found I was pregnant and I just broke down sobbing. Not because I was excited because I was like, wait, no, 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 this was not the plan. (laughs) I was not ready for this. I very much felt like when I had a baby, when I started my family, my life now was over. And I was basically just going to be living for my kids for the foreseeable future until they were grown and raised. And then I could kind of pick up my life again. And so it was like I needed to put all of my ambitions and goals and dreams and stuff on the shelf for a while. And I I knew that I would need to do that someday. That was the plan. That was what God wanted for me. That's what I believed. But I just wasn't ready yet. And so it was very hard emotionally to just be like, okay, this is the plan now. And there's no going back. I was already in this place where I kind of felt like my life was ending. And everybody that I talked to (laughs) confirmed that story. Because this is the thing about our brains. Once we have a thought, and once we think that thought a lot and it becomes a belief, our brain starts searching for evidence that it is true and that it is fact. 
And so since that's the track that my brain was on, that having kids, becoming a mom is going to be the worst thing that's ever happened to me. All of the evidence that my brain was picking up confirmed that to be true. So many people felt this need to prep me, I guess. And I, and honestly, I know, and I knew at the time, and I know even more now that they were doing it with absolutely the best of intentions, because I think we put motherhood on a pedestal to the point where so many women think that it's going to fulfill them and be all their life's goals and dreams and all the things. And it's going to make them happy and, you know, just do all these things for them. And then they have kids and it's not that way. And so I think a lot of my peers especially felt that and they felt this need to kind of like let me down easy and just be like, just so you know, this is really hard and this really sucks. And these are all the things that are so hard about this. And so that was just feeding fuel to the fire. Like having kids is the worst thing. And literally to the point where I was crying all the time (laughs) during that pregnancy to Steven being like, why do people even have kids? It seems like everybody hates it and it sucks. And people are like, say goodbye to your sleep, say goodbye to date nights, travel, goodbye. They're just listing all the reasons why my life is going to suck now. And so why is anybody having kids at all? Is it literally just because it's a commandment from God. And so we just do it because we have to. And there's just, you know, like that's just it. And I legitimately, that was a legitimate question for me. And poor Steven, he was trying to be so supportive because he was obvious, he was really excited and he wasn't feeling like his life was going to change in all the ways I was feeling like mine was. He didn't know what to say, but he tried. He tried so hard to help comfort me and stuff and was just like, I don't really know. (laughs) Anyway, this is all happening and my baby is born. And it was interesting because she was born and I didn't hate it. <laughs> I didn't hate being her mom. I actually like felt like there was something kind of special there. And it did feel like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is a new thing and this is exciting and this is cool. And I get it. At the same time, I am doing a lot of hard things but are they motherhood? And that was kind of what set me on this journey, I guess you could call it, of trying to define motherhood. Like, what is motherhood? Because the way I was hearing people talk about motherhood, it was like motherhood is being tired. And mother, literally tired as a mother, right? Like, where do we see that? All over the place. Motherhood is, um, I'm trying to think of other examples. Motherhood is changing diapers. Motherhood is making dinner. Motherhood is all these like task-based things. And I was really starting to think about all these messages that I was getting that were called motherhood because I was like, okay, but my three-week-old doesn't care. Like me changing my three-week-old's diaper is not what's making me her mom. Steven could change it. My mom could change it. Some rando person could change it, right? So what is it then that's making me her mom? And looking back, it's so obvious now. I'm like, it's the relationship. It's the relationship. But at the time, that was not even on my radar. That had not, that thought did not cross my mind for years. That thought did not cross my mind. And I kept having kids and I kept wondering this. And I kept hearing these messages about motherhood and just being like, what is it? There was a time where I was like, oh, motherhood is love. And I even did a blog post about that. Motherhood is love. And there's like, well, is it though? It is, but there's something else there too. It still wasn't quite right. And I will say, so We started having kids and pretty much all five of our kids are 18 months apart, give or take a couple weeks. 
And I get the question sometimes, if you didn't love motherhood, why did you keep having kids? And I want to be really clear on something because I, I always loved my kids and I always loved that relationship, even though I didn't know at the time that that was motherhood. I just didn't love being a stay-at-home mom. Like with one kid, it was okay because she would nap and, you know, I'd have different things. And, and okay, so another reason why we had them all close together was because that just sounded better to me. Partly in like the, well, my life is over. And I never really said this or thought this out loud, but I think subconsciously this played into it. It was like, well, my life is over until my kids are grown. And I know I'm going to have a lot of kids. So I might as well just have them as fast as possible so that I can pick up on my life again. And that sounds like maybe even heartless a little bit. And I don't mean it to be heartless, but I do think that was kind of part of it. It was like, the longer I drag out having kids, the longer I wait before I can start living my life again. So let's just get these kids. Let's get them here as fast as possible was kind of the plan. And again, I know not everybody has that ability and I can't even take credit. God just sent the kids (laughs) because it wasn't like we planned to have them all 18 months apart. That was just how it happened. And we were just like, okay, yeah, we're going with this. And I don't regret it at all. I've absolutely loved it. I think it was probably around when Quincy was born. We moved to a new place shortly before Quincy was born. And I didn't have a ton of friends. So I had these three little kids. Lydia was three. Elliot was one and a half. And Quincy was a newborn. And I was so lonely. I was surrounded by other women, other stay-at-home moms even, And I even did a whole series of Instagram stories about it. I think they're still on my highlights. That was just like me kind of breaking down and just being like, yeah, I have these little kids and I'm with them all the time, but I am so lonely. I'm a huge people person. I love talking to people. I love connecting with people. Conversation is so important to me. And obviously social media can help with that a little bit, but it is not the same level of connection that I needed to my core. And, and so it was really hard. That was for sure the hardest part of being a stay-at-home mom for me was feeling isolated, feeling like, you know, Steven leaves for work and he even worked just a few miles away and would come home for lunch, which was like so amazing. I am so grateful and lucky that that could happen, but it was just really, really hard. People say that too. Oh, motherhood is lonely. And I remember hearing that and just being like, really? That's all? We're just going to be like, oh yeah, well, motherhood's lonely, period. Fast forward again, I had my fourth kid during, fourth kid, why did that sound weird? My fourth baby? Fourth child? Wait, uh, whatever. Number four, no. Lawrence was born (laughs) during the pandemic. And that was another unique time because we're shelter in place. I have these four little kids. Steven's even working from home at this point. But I am so consumed with the number of things, the logistics involved of having four children under five, that I was not really emotionally available because I was so, I was letting myself be so overwhelmed by the logistics of like making dinner and doing laundry and just doing all the things that I wasn't really connecting with them. And I remember seeing all these posts about the pandemic. Oh yeah, we're so connected or this is the closest I've ever been with my kids or yada yada and um sorry I, I just got worried that I wasn't recording anymore but I think I am and I just remember reading those and just sobbing and being like I've never felt less connected with my kids than now and recognizing it and but not really knowing what to do about it 
And anyway, finally, one day, um, Stephen came downstairs. I was just kind of like a mess on the couch. And he was like, why don't you go out for a drive and just get some fresh air? And so I did. And I went on this drive and I kind of like poured out my soul to God. And I was just like, what the heck? I am doing everything. I'm trying to be the mom that you want me to be. I'm giving everything for these kids, you know? Like, why do I feel like this? Why is this so hard? Why? What is the point kind of thing? And so clearly I had this answer that was like, Hannah, motherhood is a relationship. Focus on the relationship. And that moment changed everything. Because I was like, whoa, <laughs> how different would my life be if that was my focus? If that was how, because as a stay-at-home mom, your metrics for success are like, did I do the laundry? Did I make a healthy dinner for my kids? Did I brush my daughter's hair? Like, right? Like they're all these things. And it's so easy to get focused on those that you completely lose sight of the point of it all the relationship. And I had 100% lost sight of that. And it was like, oh my gosh, okay. So hold on a second. What if I reorchestrated my life around this idea of how can I show up for my kids in the relationship aspect? And then the other stuff is just stuff. Maybe it gets done. Maybe it doesn't. I mean, obviously we need, I, having food for my children is important but what if that isn't motherhood like what if and then and then I started digging into this more because remember for years I had been looking for the language to figure this out and in that one moment it was like oh my gosh all of these years of hearing these messages about motherhood I had the filter now thing that I could hear any social media posts that I read or podcast or whatever it was anything that had that word motherhood attached to it I could automatically filter. Is that the relationship? No? Great. Throw it out. Not motherhood. The thing that's so amazing about this, though, is that we the tasks serve a purpose because you can use the tasks to strengthen the relationship. But using the tasks are not the only way to strengthen the relationship. And this is literally life-changing for everyone because... Now you don't have to feel mom guilt if you get takeout for dinner or if you hire a babysitter or literally anything that you do. If you pursue a dream and if you're maintaining the relationship, if you're focused on the relationship, if you're making sure that that relationship is strong, that is the only thing that matters. And I found out that for me, pursuing dreams, being myself, my whole self, not putting my goals and dreams and aspirations on the shelf, right, for later, But taking them down and working for them, that is what is going to help me show up for the relationship with my kids that I want. Can you hear children running around upstairs? Does it mean I spend a little bit less time with them maybe? Yeah. Does it mean I am distracted sometimes maybe when I'm with them because I'm working on other things? Yeah. But does it strengthen my relationship with them? Am I the person, am I showing up as the person that I want to be? Absolutely. And for me, that is the most important thing. So at that point, I had a kind of a different business. I was a photographer, but I hired a regular babysitter, a nanny, whatever you want to call it. She started coming 10 hours a week so I could work on my business. And 
it's amazing. And I will say, it's not like I found this perfect work-life balance. It's not like all of a sudden, every time I'm with them, I just like drop everything and I want to be with them. I still have other things I want to do, whether that's like household things or social media things or work things or whatever. But I am showing up now as the person that I want to be and showing up for the relationship in the way that I want to show up. And that is huge. So now I help other women do the same thing because here's the thing about motherhood. We have been writing a book (laughs) about motherhood in our brains, about what motherhood is, what motherhood looks like. We've been writing this book for so long. We think that it is fact. We believe that all these things are true because that's belief. When you have a thought over and over again, it becomes a belief. So if you believe that to be a good mom, you have to be a stay-at-home mom, you have to be the primary caregiver, which is what I believed for so long, you have to question that. (laughs) But I never even took the time. I never even feel like I had the choice even. Like being a stay-at-home mom was just what you do. It didn't come from a place of, yes, I'm so excited. It was just, this is what you do. I want women to feel like, even if you are a stay-at-home mom and you don't have any plans of that changing, You can change the idea of, oh, this was my option to this is my dream job. Everything changes. So like the circumstance, like I was a stay-at-home mom before, I'm a stay-at-home mom now, doesn't have to change. But the way that you're thinking about it can go from a place of, oh, I didn't choose this to like, this is the dream. All because of the thoughts that you're thinking. So that's what we do in coaching is we kind of help you open this book (laughs) that you've been writing for all these years. And then we edit it together and we think, okay, is this, is this thought empowering you? Is this serving you? Is this helping you? And if it is, great, keep it. Let's keep going. If not, hmm, maybe we can consider uh, changing that thought to something that is going to help you and it is going to serve you. And let me tell you, it is the freaking best. I'm obsessed with it. I love this work. I love helping people. I love, I love it all. So that is my story. Let me know if you have any questions. Send me a DM or write it in the comments. And then come back for the big announcement next episode. <laughs>